Ever wonder how a Comic-Con comes together? Here are two guys that know because it's what they do every day. It's the Con Men Podcast. Now for another mediocre podcast attempt, it's Greg Adams and Puff. It's the Con Men Podcast. We're going to try to remember how to do this because it's been Are you sure this is called the Con Men Podcast? It's a long, long time since we've done this before. Greg Adams over here. Puff is over there. Um, I feel like the world's ended since we last did one of these. It kind of did. It kind (laughs) of did. Uh, We are a podcast that is put together by GeekCon in Shreveport, Louisiana. We, the two of us, are... uh, uh, two of the, the showrunners or whatever they're called uh, for uh, our Comic-Con here in Shreveport, GeekCon. Uh, so we put this podcast together originally for a couple of reasons. One, as a way for people who are interested in the inner workings of conventions, whether it's somebody who is trying to get one started, somebody who's been running one for a while and they just like to hear uh, shop talk, uh, or somebody who has attended a bunch of conventions and just wants to hear about how they get put together. That was One of the main reasons we put this together, we also wanted to talk about our convention quite a bit, Um, but then earlier this year, our world got turned upside down. Yeah, it was going to be a virtual diary, and then uh, there was nothing to write about because, uh, well, everything got murdered. Yeah, when uh, when COVID struck, um, I guess we should paint a picture of exactly how this went down for (laughs) us. Um, (laughs) Our tickets for our show were scheduled to go on sale March 13th. Yeah, the day the world closed. The, well, at least for us here in Louisiana, the day the world closed. Um, March 13th was going to be the day that we announced our headlining guests for this year. We were announcing headlining guests three days in a row. We got through that Wednesday of that week uh, where we announced Jason Muse would be uh, attending the show. And then that Thursday we realized, uh-oh, there. There's a problem. Things are getting serious. Because at first, it w- it literally went from, wow, this seems to be an issue some places. We should pay attention to that, too. Oh, God, things are, they're putting the bolts on everything, to, Wow, they're really shutting everything down. Well, it, it drastically went quickly from a couple of cases to we're turning convention centers into makeshift hospitals. Oh, yeah, and then things got really serious Around the time they went, oh, yeah, we're shutting down the NBA, the NHL. We're postponing uh, Major League Baseball. And all these facilities were uh, making plans to turn them into, like, basically mash hospitals. I was watching the NBA the night that things went sideways. And the Pelicans were set to play the Sacramento Kings in a West Coast game that night. Oh, that's right. They pulled the plug right before tip-off. Everyone was on the floor warming up, and one of the officials... They realized one of the officials had been in a game with the Utah Jazz's Rudy Gobert, who had just tested positive earlier that day and was the reason that things were shutting down. Because early on in the pandemic, we thought that if anybody was around somebody else who was ill, they were automatically ill. And there was a lot of concern that if you became ill, you were just dead. Yeah. It was a death sentence. Nobody knew what the extent was at that point in time. So it was, uh, we're shutting it all down. And it all shut down right on top of us we never got tickets on sale that friday we never got to announce our final two headliners which we still have withheld at this point um because the the next domino that fell after we didn't put tickets on sale was uh that eventually we were told you're not having an event this year yeah it was that whole 
hey, we got to flatten this curve type deal. Uh, we're starting to figure things out. Two weeks, give us two weeks, maybe four weeks, and we'll be okay. So under that assumption, we're like, all right, well, we'll just wait out the four weeks, not do a whole lot, and then we'll get the ball back rolling down the alley. And then it became abundantly clear that at the very least in Louisiana, we were not going to have an event. Yeah, we, we, we called it a pause. That was what we did. We didn't want to cancel right away because, like you said, we were told, flatten the curve, we'll get back to normal. Um, and at that point, we didn't know what flattening the curve, how long that would take, what it sounded like, what it felt like, what it looked like. Uh, we were seeing a lot of projected models. We don't talk about the models that much anymore, but early in the days... Uh, the first few days, we were talking about nothing but the models, what the models said uh, for cases, hospitalizations, deaths. We don't talk about them a whole lot because a lot of them were really, really wrong up front, which is why we were turning convention centers into hospitals, and we're not doing that now um, because we have a better understanding of the numbers. But still, at this point, we can't have a convention. Not uh, in Louisiana. Not in Louisiana. We'll get to uh, that later in this because some places are still able to have Comic-Cons in a pandemic. Sort of. But for us, uh, we put ourselves on pause and waited to see how long it was going to take to flatten the curve. And once the curve was flattened, you know, uh, how long it would take us to get back up and running. Well, then we started flattening the curve. But as we started to flatten the curve, the conversation shifted from flatten the curve and open back up to flatten the curve and now we have to keep it flat. And at that point, that was about the time that we were told by local health officials, you will not be having an event this year. Mm -hmm. uh, so there have been a lot of questions. I've gotten a lot of questions um, and just been told, well, you canceled your event. Well, not necessarily that we canceled it as so much we were told you won't be having an event this year. Yeah, you're not getting the permits. You're not getting the passes. Pretty much if you try to do this it will not happen yeah we we were told you will not be having an event so it wasn't that we chose although at, at this point we would have likely gone down the path of choosing not to do an event uh even though we're going to talk about an event that took place inside a pandemic it's a little bit different than what our situation would be uh the way that our event works and and the foot traffic and the amount of people that we bring in it really wouldn't be possible to get our event done under the restrictions and circumstances that it would take in order for this to happen. Um, so and, and under Louisiana law currently, even if we cut everything down by half, it still wouldn't be able to fly under the yeah, legalities. Right. We, we wouldn't be able to do it. So uh, we had to make that call. We made the decision. We uh, booked new dates for 2021. Uh, so August 13th, 14th, 15th of 2021, we will be back for, uh, another show in downtown Shreveport. That means Friday the 13th will be our first day of the show, which will actually be kind of fun. Hey, and you know, as bad as this situation has been, we're uh, way ahead of the game because we already have guests for next year. Right. That's, uh, we, we have actually, uh, been able to rebook, if you will, Resecure some people re that we have. The majority of our guests for next year. Not everybody. Not everybody. But which is good because uh, you know, with the Friday the thirteenth thing and some other things that might be happening, we we, we might want to shuffle up the deck a little bit. There's so. there's some things that can be done and we will work on that uh moving towards the end of the year. But part of the other thing that happened in the immediate aftermath of being cancelled, um, 
We continued our pause. We kind of went dark for a little while. That's why this is our first podcast in a long time. Um, because for some of those weeks, and still as of now, for a lot of people, it's it's kind of a... Touchy subject. It's very touchy. It's kind of a dark uh, timeline. And uh, for a lot of that period, while we were going through what we were going through in our state in particular, uh, it sort of felt like it was... Not the appropriate time. And, and it you know, it, as much as things, there's treatments now, uh, there's other things that are going on. There's still, you know, it's still a serious situation that some people aren't ready to get back to uh, laughing and giggling and having fun just yet. Absolutely. But we are at a crossroads now where we're starting to see Major League Baseball coming back, the NBA coming back, Major League Soccer's back. WWE has pulled off a ton of shows, including pay-per-views like WrestleMania in a pandemic. Uh, granted, doing them without, without fans uh, or with a staged fan group of other employees. Um, I guess the point to uh, uh, this little opening is uh, we've all had to change and adapt and deal with things, and we just have been figuring it out just like the rest of you. And we're moving into a position now where we feel comfortable talking about conventions again we're not going to have one anytime soon here in shreveport it's going to be at least a year before we see one probably um, the one you went to is one of the few that's going to happen between now and god knows when yes uh which which brings us to kind of the main point in in what i wanted to talk about besides getting all of that out that's the first time that i think we've publicly addressed uh what went on with us yeah we made like a little uh, statement on the facebook page there and on twitter but this is the first time we've really gone in depth yeah. about uh why it took us so long because we were still hoping for things to turn around because it was always hey we're gonna extend this a week and see what happens and all it's, right and it wasn't really a secret i mean it, we weren't keeping anything really a secret there's just the, the time and place to discuss that uh really hadn't presented itself but some of the things that are changing and some of the things I've done over the last week have really afforded us an opportunity uh, to start discussing this more in depth. And the thing that I did last weekend that really gives us an opportunity to discuss this is I went to a Comic-Con. Yeah, you sure did. I went to a Comic-Con in a pandemic. Uh, we went over to see our friends in Huntsville, Alabama at the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo. Mm -hmm. uh, we went over with a booth to support the event through GeekedCon. Uh, we promoted GeekedCon with a lot of the vendors and attendees there. Uh, talked to a lot of really great people. Chris Claremont, you son of a gun. <laughs> um, I was thinking more along the lines of the people that we talked to at the booth, the attendees, that kind of thing. I wasn't even going there yet. I'm not worried about the people, Greg. Okay, well, I was <laughs> because this was... It's a Comic-Con in a pandemic. You think about that, and, and there were people on social media who were just over the edge. How can you possibly do this? This oh, is ridiculous. Why while, is this happening? While you were gone or while you were there, I literally sent you a couple of news stories of people like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening. And this person's there. What were they thinking? So what? here's what they did, though. And, and this was pretty incredible, and it was groundbreaking. And this is the blueprint for how these type of events can be done inside a pandemic. I'm going to run through the list of all the things that Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo did this past weekend. Mandatory masks for everybody. Makes and, sense. And it wasn't just that they were wearing, like, you wear your cosplay mask. There were people who were cosplaying, had a mask on, and had a mask underneath it. 
So they had, like, I saw a guy in a, in a Halo Master Chief outfit. And underneath that, you could see that he was wearing his cloth mask as well. So he was doubling down on the masks. They doubled the size of the aisles. So uh, at, at our event, we utilize all three of the rooms at the Shreveport Convention Center. One of them for a panel room and the other two for the vendor floor. Uh, in the past, Huntsville has used one of those type of floors. Mm -hmm. This year, they used all three with still the same size for a one-room show. So basically just super-spaced everything out. They were able to triple their size, which allowed for a ton of social distancing and allowed them to double the size of their aisles between the vendors, which allowed people to social distance while walking through the aisles. Uh, they had six-foot lines in front of all the autograph tables, which looked weird, and it made it look really, really empty at times, but really all it did was just afford people distance from one another in lines when you got to the celebrity table to get your autograph or picture, there were two tables, actually, uh, to separate the guest from the person even further. So they were at a six-foot distance when you came up to the table. You were able to pick your photo you wanted autographed or, or turn over whatever item you wanted autographed. They would sign it. If you wanted to take a selfie, people do table pictures yeah. with celebrities. You turned around and, and took your own picture. Over, sort of leaning over the table like a so, so college you, party girl? Kind of. You would hold your phone and take a selfie, and the celebrity would position themselves behind you, so they were basically over your shoulder, and, and you would get the picture done that way. Was it ideal? No. Were we able to do a Comic-Con in a pandemic? Absolutely. Hey, way better than the alternative. Right. Uh, the con also worked with people who were not able to attend, whether somebody uh, was afraid of going, they were just too fearful, or... Uh, they had a pre-existing medical condition, which I guess would fall under, you know, the fear. Or they couldn't attend because maybe they woke up that morning and, and they ran a fever and realized, I can't, I can't risk it. Had an itchy throat, didn't want to be a possible infector, a spreader. So what the convention did is they had people reach out to them and say, hey, I can't make it because of this. I would really like to get a Sergeant Slaughter autograph, really like to get a Chris Claremont autograph. When a, whichever celebrity it was, they were able to coordinate getting that autograph for that person. So that's kind of cool. Just to stop there for a second, they basically had runners where if you were kind of worried about showing up for whatever reason, you could contact them. Hey, I want this, this, and this. And they would have a runner to go get it for you. Just PayPal them the cash or whatever. I'm, I'm not sure exactly how the inner workings were. I just know that was a service that they were offering. That's so, awesome. So you could contact them. Hey, I can't make it. I'm not feeling well. Can I get this, this, and this? And they would make it happen. Hey, you know what? As because not only did the you know the Huntsville folks kind of run a risk, you know, putting on an event just because you don't know who's going to show up, you don't know how everybody's going to react, blah blah blah. But a lot of these guys, you know, the guests, guys and gals, make their living this way, and yeah. they've been out of work for four right. plus months with nothing coming in because TV shows are canceled. Uh, comic cons are canceled uh, pretty much the comic book industry is just now starting to print new issues so if you're a comic writer you're not writing anything so i mean it's awesome that they were able to bring people together where hey if you're willing to show up in person hey come see us please we could use the support all these people could use the support but if you couldn't make it there was a way for you to still support the event and people you love and respect Without getting anybody sick or, you know, causing yourself to have a nervous breakdown over worry. 
Right. They took a lot of uh, a lot of precautions. They did this very responsibly. A couple of the other things they did, they did a virtual cosplay contest. So they held it online mm-hmm. instead of a, a big in-person gathering like you normally would. Panels are a big part of conventions where a guest will speak about uh, either one of their roles or their history and whatever fandom they're in. Uh, what they did is socially distanced those rooms, so they they only had two seats to a row, so if you went with somebody, you could sit with them, and they had those very spaced out. They only used about a third of the room, so uh, not everybody could get in, so they played them online. They streamed the panels online for free through their social media, so if you were one of those people who couldn't attend due to a pre-existing condition or an illness... Uh, or if you just couldn't get into the room, you were still able to enjoy the panel for free, and and they're still available on their Facebook page, too. So you can go check out all of those panels on the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo uh, social media. But really, it was... To me, it was incredible to watch a blueprint be laid. We were able to... I was able to see in real time a way to get this kind of event done inside a pandemic. Well, you know, the big discussion now with, uh, you know, we mentioned sports starting back up is when can we get fans in? How is this going to work? What if we did a third of the capacity? Blah, Like a lot of people are still figuring things out. And, and I'm sure they're, uh, if we talk to the Huntsville folks right now, hey, we wish we could have done this differently. Or if we would have thought about it, we could have let more people in because of this. But the fact they, they had a plan that was... Uh, well executed and no one rioted or, yeah. or threw a fit or was freaked out enough where it was a complete loss for everybody it is a great sign because you know there's those people like how are we ever going to get back to normal are, are we ever going to be able to go to the movies are we going to ever be able to go to events and this was an event uh, obviously not ideal, but, uh, you know, they found a way to make it work without freaking people out, which is key. And I talked to a lot of vendors, too, and, and vendors from all over the country made it to Huntsville. There were people from California who drove to Huntsville because we talked about the celebrities having basically this be their avenue for income. Oh, God, the uh, vendors have been out of work for four-plus months, too. This is all they do. And so I talked to vendors from all over the country, and they were excited that uh, people were there. People were excited to spend money. They were excited about the responsibility that was being taken by the event and by the individuals that were there. There was there was a ton of patience for everybody. Uh, nobody, I didn't see anybody running around defiantly not wearing a mask or anything like that. Everybody knew that we were trying to set an example. We were trying to do something that was groundbreaking. And now that this has been done... This is the blueprint for a way to get an event done. So if somebody wanted to try and keep their event on for October, November, December, if, if there's an event out there who is still thinking that maybe we can do this. If their state allows. If their state allows, which Alabama did allow. Mm-hmm. And there are, some, there are a lot of places who still have the ability to do these kind of things. And even if you're a place where, yes, your convention center can run, but at 50% capacity. There's still a possibility of being able to do this. Uh, one of the the theories that one of the vendors had suggested is a larger convention could happen if you did timed out uh, entries to the show. Sort of like buying movie tickets, I would assume, where you get like, uh, I'm going to the 3 o'clock showing. You right. show up at 3 o'clock, you get two hours or whatever. And you, then- you schedule a time. Or you buy a ticket and show up at a particular time, and once you are inside, that particular group that goes inside has 
90 minutes, two hours, three hours. And once that time is up, they flush the floor. Everybody who's in has to leave. And then a new group of people can come in. Sort of like uh, the way um, WWE runs their access yeah. uh, during uh, WrestleMania time is that's the way they do it. You buy, hey, are you coming at the 11 a.m., the 2 p.m., or the 5 p.m. groups where they split everybody up so you're not overrun? So And, and that has been done at other events, and it could be applicated to these and then you still have everyone wear the masks. You still have extra hand sanitizer. That was the other thing. Hand sanitizer everywhere. Awesome. So much hand sanitizer and, and uh, so many available bathrooms. It was, And they were clicking people at the doors, too, so they did have a cap on how many people could get in. There was no point that I witnessed where they had to cut people off or send people out. Um, but they were operating under a cap. so And there were still people there. Ultimately, that's maybe the most impressive thing is that there were a ton of people who came to this event. Was it, I know like, uh, because you showed up a little bit early to get set up. Was it weird where people were like, what's going to happen when they open the doors? What was the general feeling of like vendors, uh, guests, just people who were like, all right, this is the first time we've done anything like this in four plus months. What, what the hell is going to happen? There was a lot of talk about the unknown. People just didn't know. Are people going to show up? If they show up, are people going to spend money? Uh, what is this going to look like when it starts? Um, but as soon as the doors opened, well, they did. So they did a VIP 30 minutes ahead of time and there were VIPs who came in, not a large amount. They, they trickled in and kind of just worked their way around feeling it out. Cause as much as the vendors were feeling it out. So were the people that were showing up fans, you're right. Yeah. The attendees were, were feeling it out too. And the celebrities were still trying to figure it out, uh, with the extra social distance space in front of the celebrities, there were some people who were a little apprehensive of walking all the way across this big empty space because you were basically alone. So yeah, what was, do I do? Where do I go? How does this work? Yeah. So uh, there were some people who were pretty apprehensive about that. And a lot of people just didn't want to be in a line either. So there were celebrities that had people at their table, but it was never like a big line because people didn't want to congregate. Even so with two the or three people. And then once and those people worked their way through, two somebody else, through, yeah. yeah, somebody else would come across uh, all except for Chris Claremont because Chris Claremont's line, uh, everyone knows Chris Claremont, the legendary X-Men writer, 16 year run, created some of the greatest characters in comic book history. He's on the Mount Rushmore of comics. You did an interview with him and mentioned none of that. Good job. Oh, no, we talked, trust me, he and I talked plenty that wasn't but on camera. you literally did a seven-and-a-half-minute interview where you didn't mention the X-Men once, Greg. Well, that's fine. We were he talking about... He even tried to bring it up and work it in, and you just... Whoop. We were talking about more pressing issues, like the fact that we were at a Comic-Con in a pandemic, and by the way, there was a line of people forming behind me because we were doing that before the doors opened, and those people wanted their stuff signed, so I was trying to rush. <laughs> uh, but Chris Claremont likes to talk, and I like to hear Chris Claremont's stories. So I was going to let it ride. Um, Did you book him for GeekCon? That's my next question. I will plead the fifth, uh, and we will move along hey, to— as long as you had a conversation, that's enough for me. We will, uh, we will talk about the fact that he had a line, but that line was socially distanced at all times, uh, and Chris Claremont— while talking to him in that interview that you talked about, which you can find online at geekcon.com. Geekcon.com. <laughs> God. Uh, and on the Geekcon mobile app. Um, and the uh, and the YouTube page. Basically, if it's got Geekcon on it, the yeah. The if you search there. If you search Geekcon Chris Claremont, you'll find it. Um, but he even mentioned while we were talking that he was impressed with the way the line had worked, the way the fans were. 
uh, the amount of hand sanitizer, the social distancing, everything he noticed. And he mentioned he's from New York. He saw it first person. Like, he knows how serious COVID can be. And for him to be that intimately aware, still see all the precautions of Huntsville, come to Huntsville and and go through the event, just spoke volumes to the, the, the responsibility that was being taken during this event. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, a lot of people were on the card that kind of dropped off. Chris Claremont even said in his interview with you was like, hey, I said I was going to be here. I assumed this wouldn't happen because everything else has been canceled. It did happen, but I'm a man of my word, so here I am. For better or worse, I'm, I'm glad that this is awesome and they're doing this, this, and this, but even if they didn't, I'd still be here because that, I said I would be. Which yeah, is, th- that's a stand-up thing. I think it would be very different if he showed up and there wasn't social distance lines and people weren't wearing face masks, and if things weren't the way that they were, I don't know that Chris Claremont stays at his table for the entire show Saturday and Sunday. Hey, but the fact he showed up is there's been several times where, like, day before, hey, this event's going on, people have canceled, which puts the promoter in a tough spot and angers fans. It's just awesome that uh, he showed up and, and wrote it out. It was very, very exciting to see a, a way that events can happen in a pandemic with responsibility and caution yet still getting it done. And the fact that vendors were happy and the attendees were happy, everyone exhibited patience and restraint and responsibility, and this is the blueprint. There have been other shows, by the way. There have been other shows that have taken place. They've been much smaller. Uh, There was one that was actually supposed to be larger, but they weren't taking the same kind of precautions. They weren't that outwardly facing and weren't that... Uh, explicit in the uh, restrictions that they would be using at the event, and those events didn't do that well. Yeah, there was one in uh, somewhere in Florida that just yeah. got savaged. Like people showed up and went, "Yeah, they're not really doing anything different here, and I don't feel safe." It's like, and everybody it's like five left. foot aisles, nobody's wearing masks. I'm I'm out. Uh, there was one in Indiana that also had some issues, um, but the fact that these guys were very open and upfront about the expectations and and the requirements. Uh, still thousands of people over the weekend showed up. Um, and again, very responsibly executed. And that's what is most exciting about what I saw. I just hope all those people that wrote articles about how bad of an idea it was cycle back through and go, you know what? This went off. Well, everybody was safe. It's been, you know, a week. Well, now, now I will say this though, because we were talking at the event about, You know, in 14 days, we can look back and see, did you see a big spike in cases? Was there a big issue? Uh, The the downside in doing that is it wasn't the only event in Huntsville that weekend. Uh, In fact, the the hotel that was connected to their convention center was hosting another large event. It was a pageant with pageant girls running around. Um, And and because the 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 food and the bar and everything in the lobby was all connected to where this event was taking place you could see and witness a whole bunch of it Mm -hmm. no mask requirements (laughs) like people running around without any masks no precautions so both sides Um, of the building were like mirror opposites right so so there is an issue that if you huntsville could see a little bit of an uptick in in cases but it's in not two necessarily weeks. the Comic Con. Yeah, fault. I would I would not pin it on the Comic Con because they were doing everything right, everything we're told to do right now. And and ultimately what clicked in my head, and this is the final thought that I'll share on this unless you have another question. Um 
basically what I witnessed was no different than shopping at Walmart. What I witnessed was people walking up and down aisles, buying items, as people who were employees, effectively, were restocking shelves. And it operated very similar to a Walmart. Now, nobody has pinned down a Walmart or a Kroger or any other store and said, look, you're a hotspot, super spreader source of this virus, because we've all been shopping at stores, and, and it's all been relatively similar across the board. So I basically witnessed a geek version of a Walmart, but with more precautions because everyone involved was wearing a mask and using hand sanitizer repeatedly. So it really was basically a giant upscale, not even a giant. It was maybe smaller than most Walmarts in our area. So that's my final thought on the Huntsville Comic and Pop Culture Expo 2020. I'm glad that it happened. Jeremy did a fantastic job, and I hope he gets a chance to listen to this and hear me put him over like that. Yeah, it uh, sound, I'm jealous I didn't go. Sounds like you had a great time. And uh, I'm glad uh, they, they were able to pull this off with, uh, you know, the unknown out there so big. With, with responsibility. That's, yep. that's ultimately the main point. Um, you came in, and, and as soon as you sat down, one of the first things you asked me was uh, if I saw the news on Bill and Ted. Yeah, uh, they are going to release it because, as you know, there's been a lot of like, hey, check out this awesome trailer of a movie we don't know when you're going to see. <laughs> well, today they dropped a new Bill and Ted trailer, but instead of we'll release it in theaters sometime, they announced that they're going to put it out on video on demand. I don't remember if there was a uh, date attached to that or not. Uh, you have a computer in front of me. I, was, I do not. I was going to say, I, I, uh, this computer is very touchy, and so I don't know if I want to do that, but I do have a phone. But uh, I was very pleased to see that, hey, this is something I'll tangibly be able to see sometime in the very near future, uh, which is because so many things, whether it's a Disney Plus show or, or a movie or whatever, is just like not getting released and not getting put on theaters or can't finish being filmed. There's a lot of issues in the universe right now, and uh, it's messing up. Like, we're literally running out of entertainment for the first time <laughs> in, like, what, 100 years? Uh, Bill and Ted Face the Music will be released September 1st in theaters that are available and also on demand. Yeah. So it will simultaneously be released. And, again, going back to that Huntsville thing real quick, the fact that somebody somebody paved the way and created a blueprint for a way to get things done in a pandemic – Hopefully the guys at Orion Pictures here with Bill and Ted Face the Music are creating a a blueprint for how to release movies in a pandemic. It all these places have their own video on demand services or they have partnerships at this point. It would just make sense to be able to do both. I mean, you can't sit on a movie forever because eventually it's going to leak and you're going to get no money. Well, so. not only that, but like as far as geek movies go, a lot of them are intertwined. Yeah. And so you have to release movies on a schedule to keep everything else moving. And actually, uh, I pulled up a list real quick when you mentioned that. Because uh, we got the one that comes to mind that's been pushed back like three times so far is Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman 1984. So I, I pulled up this list. That's uh, one of the first ones here of uh, geek movies that have been pushed back or delayed due to the pandemic. And we'll run through all these real quick because I know a lot of people are in the same boat we are. Like, hey, I thought that was being released, but when? Um, and maybe some of these dates might now have that video on-demand feature if this Bill and Ted one works out. Look, that movie hits and people are renting it the same night. What's the difference between renting it and 
and paying for a movie ticket. I know you're not going to buy the concessions, but... I think uh, video on demand hurts the theaters who are barely hanging it, on it by does. a thread I, as I opposed that. to the movie companies. Very much understand that aspect, but at this point, if we're not allowed to have movie theaters open, those the production companies still need to get their stuff pumped out. I so. mean, yeah, because just, you know, we're talking about Wonder Woman. If Warner Brothers mo- holds on to that and the Batman and whatever others they got in a can forever or for a long time, that's stuff they sunk. $200 million into with zero returns with very little income coming and, in. And they're really getting hurt, too, on something like Wonder Woman 1984 because it's not just a movie being released. There's marketing around it. There's oh, the, action figures. Yeah, there's the pop figures. Boxes. Yeah. So, like, Wonder Woman 1984 was supposed to be released in June. All of that merchandising stuff is already out. All of that stuff is out there sitting on shelves without a lot of excitement to buy it, which hurts them on the marketing aspect. So... Here's the shuffle of Wonder Woman 1984, which, by the way, was also already delayed pre-pandemic. This movie has been delayed multiple times, and there's another one on this list that's been delayed a lot uh, that I'll get to. But Wonder Woman 1984, scheduled for a June release, that was pushed to August, and now they've pushed it to October of this year. Yeah, uh, I think, was it AMC or one of those uh, movie theater companies? Like, look, we're talking to people... We think we're going to be open by October. So a lot of these, uh, like Warner Brothers, uh, who's got the um, the movie uh, by Christopher Nolan, the new Christopher Nolan? Oh, Tenant. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. Whoever it is is like, all right, we're going to hold on to October, and if things aren't open by then, then we might have to take another path. But hopefully, <laughs> let me just start running through some of these, and you can jump in on some. Uh, a Quiet Place 2 was originally scheduled for an April release. It's now been pushed to September. Jesus, I forgot that it was even coming. I have a feeling that will likely be moved, or that could be one of those video-on-demand options. The Batman, with Robert Pattinson, was originally slated for a June 2021 release. That's been pushed back to October of 2021. Um, and that one is still on schedule, by the way. Because they started filming on closed sets, and then they have, like... Super testing where if you don't follow the rules, you get like booted off set where you can't mess up the production it's, of this movie. It's the bubble. It's the same thing that we're seeing with uh, the NBA and Major League Baseball and Major League Soccer. Look, Major League Soccer, again, going back to that whole blueprint thing, we saw the blueprint with Huntsville. We're getting a blueprint with uh, video on demand from Bill and Ted. Major League Soccer created a bubble at Walt Disney World, and after they got like 1,200 people in there, they haven't had a positive test in like a month. Somebody's got to break that seal. That's what it all comes down to. Somebody's got to be the first to pull the trigger and get out there and do it. And that usually leads to more people doing it, which is awesome about Huntsville. It's awesome about the movie companies. It's awesome about sports. I'm just glad someone's taking the initiative to bust that bubble. And the Batman production might be the one that does that as far as movies go. Another one that is connected to a grander universe that will have to be released this year or it will affect a lot uh, and it suffers from the same thing that wonder woman 1984 does a lot of this merchandise is already out for black widow oh yeah which was scheduled for a may release that's been pushed back to november right now um that's one that could i mean disney plus already has a platform if it gets to october november and we're not getting back into 
movie theaters, that could be a point where Marvel pulls the trigger and says, look, or not Marvel, but Disney, Disney pulls the trigger and says, look, we're releasing Black Widow on Disney Plus. Get your membership now. Because like February or March of next year, I believe there's another Marvel movie. Oh, so if you, yeah. if you back up that train too far, it's going to completely derail the whole process. We'll get to a lot of how that process has already been disrupted here in a minute. Uh, Candyman, the new one, was supposed to be released in June this year. Then it was pushed to September. Now it's been pushed back to October. Eh, that's fine. That works out. Of, that probably works sense. out better for them. But if we're not back into theaters by October, are we going to see a video on demand release there, or are we going to see that get pushed back an entire calendar year? Sell it to Shutter. Yeah, that's an. I mean, that's a possibility. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, originally scheduled for release May 2021. It has been pushed back almost an entire calendar year, March 2022 now. Yeah, they barely started filming it when they had to shut everything down. So they're probably having to reshuffle the entire movie slate, I would imagine. Dungeons and Dragons was scheduled for a November 2021 release. That's been pushed to May 2022. The Eternals, which was supposed to be a giant change of uh basically the establishment of phase five in the uh, phase five or phase four i'm confused i now. think we're on four uh now the state has phases not just the mcu so i'm confused um but the next evolution of the marvel cinematic universe is supposed to come with the eternals scheduled for november 2020 now been pushed to february 2021 much so. like marvel uh the governor turned into thanos and showed up oh, in phase okay two. all right all right uh ghostbusters afterlife was scheduled for July of 2020. It has been moved all the way to March of 2021. Yes. They want that one in theaters. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong, originally for November of this year, now moved to May of 2021. A pair of Halloween movies with Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween Kills and Halloween Ends. Both are scheduled for October's. Uh, Halloween was set for October 2020. It is now a full calendar year to October 2021. Halloween ends was going to be October 2021. Now it's 2022. So huge shifts in the Halloween universe. Wow. The Matrix 4, scheduled for May of 2021, now moved an entire calendar year to April of 2022. The Morbius movie that we were potentially going to see a connection between the Marvel MCU and the Spider-Verse or Venom the universe. Spider-Man property universe. July 2020, we were supposed to be seeing it now, been moved to March 2021. <whistles> New Mutants is another movie that has been in developmental hell for years now. Just put that one on video on demand. Get it out in the universe. It was scheduled for release April 2020. It is now set for August 2020. So next month, it's supposed to be out. But it doesn't look like it's going to be out anytime soon. Wasn't this it, might be a Disney Pluser. Wasn't that supposed to originally come out in like 2010 or something? So so here's the deal with New Mutants, because by the way, uh, Chris Claremont, New Mutants creator, uh, spent a lot of time talking about this movie over the weekend. I bet he did. So this movie was originally shot under the Fox umbrella. This uh -huh. is a Fox movie that was an acquisition during the purchasing that Disney went through. So they bought a movie that was like three quarters of the way done yeah that fox kept delaying and reshooting and reworking and disney then realized we have to reshoot this we have to figure this out so disney went through some reshoots it is technically under the mcu umbrella now which means that we could see some some tie-ins the new mutants is an x-men movie 
this could be the first X-Men movie under the MCU umbrella, and this could be a way that the X-Men and the Xavier Institute are established inside the MCU. Uh, hopefully we will see it by the end of the year, whether it's on Disney Plus or in select movie theaters. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, another uh, MCU movie, scheduled for February 2021. It has been slid back to May of 2021. Looking at the connective tissue in the MCU and the way that things have been shuffled, clearly we have to see a different movie before Shang-Chi makes sense. Uh, Shazam 2, this is, this is the craziest one maybe. Shazam 2, actually no, Lo Thor Love and Thunder probably is, but... Shazam 2 scheduled for April 2022, now November of 2022. We've delayed things almost to 2023 at this point. Thor Love and Thunder was set to come out next November. It is now scheduled for February of 2022. The next Spider-Man movie. So the, the it will be the sequel to Homecoming or Far From Home. I get them confused. It's basically the third Spider-Man movie yeah. with Tom Holland. A solo Spider-Man movie. July 2021 is now November 2021. The sequel to Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film. Peter Parker's going to be too old. They're going to have to recast it by the time they film the damn thing. Into the Spider-Verse, scheduled for April 2022, is now October of April 2022. This one I forgot was going to be so soon, and now we have to wait a long time for it, and that makes me kind of angry, which is why it's last on the list. Venom, Let There Be Carnage was scheduled for October of this year. It is now June of 2021. So we were about to see Cletus Cassidy, and now we're going to have to wait until next summer, which again, going back to the connective tissue here, Morbius has been pushed back, so now this Venom movie is pushed back. Is there something we need to see in Morbius before we can see Venom? Probably. Is there something in Black Widow that we need to see before we can see Doctor Strange or whatever, Shang-Chi. Is there something in New Mutants we have to see before we can see the next X-Men? Like, all of these shifts seem to have some connective tissue to them, which is kind of exciting, but at the same time kind of... Frustrating. Frustrating that we're going to have to wait so long. Yeah, I mean, uh, the one, uh, one movie you didn't mention on there was the James Bond movie, which I was supposed to come out in March... And I don't even think they have a new release date on it. Uh, I think I actually did see that one and forgot to write that down. Um, what's the name of it? I don't even remember now. It's the last Daniel Craig one. It was supposed to come out. No Time to Die. No Time to Die was moved from April 10th, 2020 to November 25th, 2020, and now has been moved up to November 20th of 2020. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> And again, that's one, maybe it finds a way to be released on video on demand because these things are tied together. There's money invested in not just the actual movie, but the things that surround it. And so they have to get these things out. Plus, you know, uh, in the instance of James Bond, and I'm sure in the instance of Marvel and DC, you can't put the next one out until you get this one out. Right. So the longer you delay this one, the more it messes up your shooting and your future plans. Because, you know, like I said, this is the last Daniel Craig, James Bond. They're going to need a new James Bond, new directors, relaunch it. But they can't start that process until they get this damn thing out. And and that's pretty much our life, too, because we couldn't continue conversations on this podcast until we got this one done. It's our first one back. <sighs> um I and, gotta remember how to load this. So if you don't hear this for three weeks, we didn't forget about you. I just uh, I forgot the nuts and bolts of 
doing a podcast. Yep, we're we're back to figuring it out, but we're hopefully back to a regular schedule too, and we will try to talk as much Comic Con as we can inside a pandemic. But we'll talk about other things like. Uh, changes to movie schedules, where comic books are today. Xbox One and PlayStation 5. There's or Xbox X, whatever new, the hell it whatever is. Whatever the new ones are. Uh, because they just uh, released a video for the new Fables game to launch uh, the new Xbox. Well, there we go. We got plenty to talk about, so we will continue to make these normal. They may not be as long as they used to be. They may they, be longer. They may not be as long as this one. Uh, we'll just <laughs> yeah. have to wait and see what happens. <laughs> it's what do we? What do people keep calling it? The new normal? Yeah. I don't even know what that means. We're we're in a new normal. The new normal has been like six different normals already, so I don't I don't know. But uh, we will be back with another one. So make sure to uh, hit your subscribe button and keep watching for new uploads of the Conmen Podcast. New normal, new mutants. Thank you.